Hello everybody and welcome to How to Save the World. We've got another episode today about how to buy organic food cheap. I'm Waveney Worth. And I'm Tim Bat, and we're not in the same room, but we are we're in the same virtual room today. Yes, we're virtually in the same room. <laughs> So anyway, um, so we've got uh, an interesting one, I think, today because uh, we go on about buying organic food and then when you go to buy it, you find out that, oh, it's it's out of my price range or, or even actually if it's not, we just don't like spending heaps of money on something when you can see a cheaper version there and you're not 100% sure what the gains might be for yourself or whatever. Yeah. It's all a bit invisible. So um, keen to have a look at how you can buy it as cheap as possible. And um, I'm basically just, this is an easy one for me this week because it's um, really I'm just looking at what I do, my my own shopping habits. I'm going to be sharing them with you um, and a bit of my own story too, I guess, because um, yeah, it's super relevant to this topic. I started off in 2008 when I did the Rubbish Free Year with zero understanding of this and for me the supermarket was just real quick and easy um and then organic or zero waste was expensive and awkward um and I I think that it took quite a a a bit of a head shift and knowledge actually to um to get through to the other side of that um but the end point now for me is that it's actually the weekly supermarket shop that seems like a total waste of time for me now. It's not, I don't do a weekly shop. It's totally a thing of the past. I'm hardly ever in the supermarket. Um, and funnily enough, buying organic or um, buying zero waste or buying bulk, all of that sort of stuff genuinely feels quicker and cheaper for me now. It might be worthwhile just explicitly for maybe newcomers to the pod sort of define what organic actually means like what organic mm. food is. And it's something that we've talked about in previous episodes. Yeah, it's almost is. like assumed knowledge yeah, for yeah. us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Organics is uh, it's something that's certified in New Zealand, which is fantastic because, man, there's a lot of greenwashing out there. And I'm not um, 100% down with exactly the, the definition of that certification, but 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 broadly speaking... It is people who farm without the use of uh, synthetic or additional herbicides and pesticides and fungicides and or synthetic fertilizers. Um, so basically almost the entire inputs of conventional farming they, they don't or can't use. Um, and instead they use farming techniques that are deemed sustainable, so things that farmers could do perpetually that would either be leaving the land as good as they found it or actually improving the land. Um, And one of the key things that organic farmers would do differently would be to not till the earth and to uh, look after these, like really focus on the microbes in the soil health. Um, And often that comes down to compost, it's something you hear a lot of organic gardeners talking about is um, making compost. Um, yeah. Because that's so, so nutrient dense, so that takes the place of your fertilizers, your artificial fertilizers. Yes, it is yes fertilizer. it's kind of a stable way. Basically, you are, um, so with more conventional farming, 
the idea is very crassly all about nitrogen um, and that's the thing that's like the power punch that gets things growing Um, but if you don't add nitrogen with carbon which is essentially compost that's what compost is it's it's nitrogen and carbon Um, carbon settles things down and and the nitrogen can't um, leach out and into our waterways um, and it you can even it's I think I think of it really similar to the effect of of sort of sugar on a hyperactive kid um, it can actually damage the 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 host microorganisms with this hit of or as they sort of this frenzy of of dealing with the nitrogen um, whereas if it hits the ground with the carbon it's it's basically just locked and stable and um, creates this environment for the uh, microorganisms to flourish. And interestingly, once they're flourishing, then um, those microorganisms actually start unlocking the nutrients that are in the ground anyway and bringing them to the roots of the plants and then the nutrient count goes up in the, the fruit and vegetables. I think it's important that we sort of stated this explicitly because there's this straw man argument that I hear a lot about um, organic food and people who eat certain diets like vegans, that sort of thing, that people go, oh, it's not, it's not that much healthy for you. It's, it hasn't been proven to be that much healthy for you. Da, da, da. It's like, mm. that's. I don't even think that's the main reason most people are doing it. It's not yeah, about I'd your individual self. Main, yeah, yeah. I'd it's, love to know what the main reasons are now. I think originally it was a, essentially a health movement. I think it's in it's like never certain, been that for me. The, certain parts that I don't want to sort of cast dispersions, but I feel like it's a very Los Angeles, like West Hollywood thing to be ordering organic, you know, almond milk or something because it's better for you. But I think the vast majority of people who are eating organic are not doing it for their own personal mm. health. Mm. They're doing it mm. for the health of the planet. So, mm. yeah, mm. I'm glad that you could kind of t- take us through and explain what that actually means and how that works. Yeah, really yeah, cool. yeah. Because organic's a word that thankfully has been... Um, protected it's um usually people it's got certifications usually if they're saying organic and that's coming through officially now in New Zealand too but at the end of the day it is um people don't cut corners for no reason right they cut corners because it's cheaper and so of course it's trickier for people who aren't cutting those corners to um deliver on it on price parity um yeah, and I actually think people do bloody well. It's amazing looking at the prices and seeing how, like knowing just how much more care and attention's gone into something. Like you, uh, you, you'd be talking just well. They're avoiding the toxins and the chemicals, and and um, yeah, just doing things often the harder way but the right way and you could, there's hardly any difference at all in the price um, sometimes you know so yeah it's amazing but I think the um the the given that it's a classic win-win-win where it's like a win for the environment and it can be a win um, for you if you work out the cheapest way to do it um, and then it, it can be more convenient um, and it can be healthier 
you know, as well. So it's a it's lots of wins. But then you go, well, okay, most of our listeners probably know that already, and heaps of listeners probably already are shopping in a lot of these ways I'm going to mention. But I just thought it was worth giving a bit of a shout-out to the barriers as well because otherwise we'd feel a bit like, oh, what's wrong with me? Like, yeah. if, if this is so much better, then why aren't I doing it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so just wanted to acknowledge that because I think when you know your enemy in terms of your own barriers for doing something that you want to do but you don't, then it's it ultimately you've got more chance of succeeding. And from what I can tell and from my own journey, the barriers are the power of a habit, which is enormous. They hold us stronger than we think. They're like invisible cages, I think, because in that we think think that we're free, but then we wonder why we don't do what we want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other's knowledge and just what a huge barrier. Like when it's easy for me when I'm on the other side of it and I know how to buy my toilet paper or whatever, but um, it took time. And um, You don't know what you don't know is the tricky thing. Yeah. And when a path's not known and you're standing in front of another path that is known, and it's well tread and, and you you don't have the headspace. Mm. Like you've got to be super intentional to to um to overcome it. And so for me that meant actually diarying the time. And then on top of that, because if I diary something, it's always in the evening because you know, working during the day. And then at night, I'm watching Netflix or whatever and totally forget. So I'll actually set an alarm on my phone as well. I'll be like, oh, yeah, tonight's the night that I was going to look into something or whatever. So Look yeah. into organic food. Yes, yes. So that is, that is my thing. That's how I, I journeyed past um, the, yeah, stuck in the supermarket. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, should we get into it? Well, this is good because you now have all of this knowledge so we can, we can try and close yes, that knowledge really gap with a few of the listeners good. who might not have yep. it. Yep, yep. It's a and pretty me re- as well. I'm trying to do yeah, better. Yeah, you, like, you're going to get I'm in there too, Tim. You've been yeah. hearing like, um, like we did the soil one, which we always talk about. We found out we had, 50, well, 53 harvests left now, according to UN, um, because of the way we're farming. Plastics, which actually still can be an issue with organics, um, but you know we did the microplastics episode. It's all just connected and linked in. So you've been hearing all this stuff. Climate change, obviously, like tilling. We know regular tilling releases carbon, mm. um, and then of course with the synthetic fertilizers, pesticides, fungicides, all of that. Um, that's just all contributing to this mass extinction. So there's heaps of reasons to get in there and, and do it. So let's okay. see if uh, I don't know. We can get you out of the supermarket, Tim. <laughs> Let's do it. Can you yeah. Um, so for me, um, I eat everything, so I'm a good example. Um, and I've also got a really low threshold for the faff factor, as you know. Um, and when you say nothing... you eat everything, you mean you are not vegetarian, pescatarian, anything like that? Omnivore. Yes, and I don't have allergies. Um, and I do have a pretty broad broad diet but actually having said that this morning I just popped to the supermarket to do some price comparisons and things and I sort of was looking around going okay you know what's in a supermarket what do people buy and I was like oh actually there's a whole bunch of stuff I just don't buy because I've really kind of worked my way away from um, processed foods I forget that it's there 
like lollies in plastic bags, for example, or biscuits in plastic It amazes bags. me how much of the supermarket is that as well. Yeah, it's yeah. Like no, I, I, so I, I'm afraid I don't have price comparisons with those things because it's... Oh, know, well, that, maybe that's where I can help, Wave. So you, <laughs> I'll be able to give you the current price of corn chips or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so um, let's, we'll go through category by category. And we'll start with the perishables, eh? Like fruit and veg. Sounds good. Cool, cool. Um, so the okay. So g- just some general stuff. Um, a farmers market is a good place to um, get some good deals, um, as opposed to. Um, oh, well, you can you can go into your basic thing that a lot of people have that would be accessible would be a um, organic supermarket or you know organic store um, and I had a funny feeling we've already covered that in this podcast and it's good news episode five if you look in the show notes there's quite a good um, list of organic shops in New Zealand um, so that's a place that you can get fresh produce and the prices can be quite good especially buying seasonal I think that's a real key across the borders to buy seasonal um, but if you've also got a farmer's market near you I, I think that you can often get better deals because you deal, you're, you're directly with the um, the producer um, and we can chuck it in the show notes but um, farmersmarkets.org.nz is where you'll find a list of um, or farmers markets in New Zealand um, you've got also I'm going to do the hippie versions of things as well um, for the real keen people. Um, And again, it's stuff we've talked about before. Um, I'm lucky to live in an area where we've got a green swap, also known as a crop swap. Um, It came up in the Raglan. Um, The idea of people meeting at a regular time just to bring their surplus stuff um, from their place that's grown can be anything. It doesn't even have to be something you intentionally grew might be some bunch of daisies that have come up or something. Um, and you can swap what you've got with that others have. And that can actually be a really easy way of getting a few greens or um, veggies or whatever. Might be um, worth if you don't know if you've got one in your area, like just Google it. Google yeah, Facebook, Facebook groups are quite good too, eh? Like mm. local Facebook groups. Um, definitely worth Googling and trying to work out what's around. Um the more connected you are with a community, the more chance you've got of knowing that stuff's happening. Um, and then, yeah, it's, and if you are keen, you know, the world we're working towards is where more of this stuff happens and you might be the right, you know, you might be the person that wants to actually start something in your community. The other sort of sister thing is a community garden, which um, is, maybe that's what you should do, Tim. I don't know, you're a busy man, but. Uh, the idea of going to a central spot close to your house at a certain time, you're meeting other people in your community and you all garden together and there's always people there that know exactly what they're doing and you can just help out at the end of it. You get whatever's re- ready to be harvested that day, and dur- especially during harvest, um, which is sort of late summer through to early winter or late, late autumn, um, you can often pick up your what you need for the week. Um, so that's and then of course you're learning how to garden. So that's quite a nice way of doing it too. Yeah, it doesn't get a yeah. lot cheaper than free. 
No, but man, your time though, eh? Like, I, I, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it depends how you look at it, though, isn't it? Because you, what are you doing? You're going out, outside. You're getting exercise, sunshine, connecting with your community, meeting totally. some new people, absolutely, like, probably yeah. having a pretty good time. Especially if you're bundled up indoors all day and you've got like an office job, it can be a yeah. really good respite Movement to actually break, get out there yeah. and yeah. get a bit green thumbed yeah. for a bit. Yeah, I'm just basically, this is a splatter gun approach. I'm just throwing it all out there yeah, because there'll be different things that suit different people's lifestyles. And, you know, for some people, it's convenience more than price um, as well. So, yeah. Um, then another um, little thing I've got to throw in the, the mix is foraging. Um, that's, you know what I mean, eh? I do. I'm interested in how that kind of works in a, in a modern context, though. It always oh. would. I'd feel. I'd always feel nervous about doing that myself because I'd be like, "Whose, whose, whose land is this? Whose stuff is this?" Yeah, I've always had this aversion to gardening. I just don't have green thumbs. I'm like, sure, sure, I'll do it. Yeah. And so anyway, I just wanted to try and work out. Look, if nature's throwing up these green weeds, and if I can eat them, yeah, then why not just do that? So I actually found some people, and I did. A, I've done a couple of foraging courses, and um, yeah, I. I love it. I it, I still use it to supplement our garden, and um, it just means that I've thrown a few extra things on the plate. Well, maybe like, ex- explain to me what foraging is exactly, because maybe I've got oh, the yeah. wrong picture in my head. Yeah, right. Um, what it entails. It's, it's um, well, for me, on on quite an overgrown rural property, it just consists of sort of walking around <laughs> and seeing what weeds are growing in your lawn, um, like um, plantain, dandelion. Um, we've got nasturtiums everywhere. We've got wild mint. Um, so puha's a good one um, and good old classic. So... It's just finding what's readily growing. Like in your lawn, Tim, I've checked it out. You've got stacks of stuff you can eat in your lawn. Um, like even even daisy leaves you can eat. Um, and the key, I guess, if you're about to go, what is that? Uh, you're just picking little bits of things. It's not you wouldn't want to sit down to a meal of daisy leaves. <laughs> Um, but I think the diversity is actually really good for us as well. There's, yeah. there's, I think there's a real win there of just having. I just get. I just am in the habit of just grabbing a leaf here and there of whatever as I'm sort of walking past, and sometimes I just eat it without sort of you know without it making it to the plate. It's just a, a habit I have, I guess. Um, and then in a in an urban environment, you do have to be careful of quite routine spraying of, of Roundup, unfortunately, mm, um, on berms and things. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't forage on a narrow berm um, because the chances, it just sort of feels all a bit close and tight to the road as well because um, roads are a, a pollutant, you know, the... The, um, the exhaust. The, exactly, the, the outputs of it, yeah. Um, but there's, there's spaces in cities that... Uh, do that you know aren't quite so intensely um, packed in there um, and so risky like a park would be a great place to just have a look around as you're walking your dog or whatever Um, and then also a lot of berms are wider and they they actually are you know there's a lot of unkept berms around um, where uh, people you know there's weeds growing and often stuff is edible yeah that's cool and I guess for um, international listeners as well, the good thing about this is you can generally get quite good guides for going, 
what plants grow in Australia that I can eat, like yeah. what, what weeds, yeah. quote unquote, grow you know, in Melbourne that I can, that are eatable. Yeah, yeah. I've even noticed the difference between North and South Island because I learned to forage in the South Island mm. and then I came up here and it was harder to recognise the weeds and stuff. Um, but so these, um, if you're interested, there's two, well, there's probably more, but that I know of. There's two really quite well-known foragers. In the North Island, you've got Julia Sitch, um, and that's Julia's ediblewedscom and she's on Facebook as well. She, I've, I'm on her e-newsletter, and it, gosh, I don't know how often it comes out. Not too often. It's great. It's so packed full of information and really, really cool. She's got some great resources that she's written, um, so you can either go and do a course or um, check out her resources. Um, awesome. And then there's Peter Langlands um, from the South Island, um, who also does courses. He's um, the Wild Foods NZ um, website, and also he runs the Forage NZ page on Facebook. Um, he kind of has shot fame in the last 12 months because he's been on Country Calendar, so now everyone's talking about him. Um, and like, he's he's got a seaweed guide, for example. Um, oh, that's the other thing I was going to say, is actually thinking, well, just in terms of foraging, thinking about seaweed, like... To get, to be honest, to be to do organics cheap, you do have to. Well, you don't have to, I guess. But if you're going to do it well, you're really thinking outside of the box. Right. And the more you do that, the more, the less you try and go. Well, I just got you know ten grams of nuts from Pack and Save, and this yeah. is ten times the price or whatever. It's like, yeah, but let's just keep looking and thinking, and 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 the the goal is to eat right and to yeah. eat well. Um, the goal's not necessarily to to replace something like for like. Yeah. Um, I guess just to finish off this little section on the, the perishables, um, there are also food box options and um, just a shout out to one. Um, there's lots out there, but Ubi's pretty good, eh? And um, they've got now... A huge range, because I'm a little bit out of the loop with this stuff because we're, we're on this farm and we've got our own home kill. I've been um, using food boxes for a little while now, actually. Oh, good. Like over, oh, well, yeah. over to you then. But it's, it's awesome. like there's actually you can get meat and eggs and milk and cheese and, 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 like, and, and vegan versions of things. Um, and that, I thought, is just super convenient. Yeah, there is, there's a lot of options out at the moment and like what, my wife and I do is we just ordered the vegan one. So we know that all the food box stuff, we're getting like, you know, four vegan dinners um, per week. And then mm. we can kind of have maybe like one meat meal per week and the rest mm. vegetarian, that sort of thing. Mm. So mm. you can kind of use them however you want. Mm. They're really useful. And mm. there's just so much less food wastage in my experience. That's interesting. Mm. Huh. Um, yeah. What else to say? The, uh, the, um, oh, that's right. I was also going to do a bit of a plug, having said that I'm not a keen gardener, which is very true. Um, there are some easy greens that um, you can grow, and my goodness, it saves time and makes life easier, and you just don't need to do anything. They go wild. Um, and the, I would say that well, you know, it's a little bit climate dependent, but I think more or less in New Zealand um, or anywhere with a moderate climate, parsley, it's like, man, mm. just grow that. It goes totally wild um, and you never have to do a thing. And again, I'll just pick a few bits of parsley and always have it in a, 
in the salad. Um, sorrel, which a lot of people don't know these days, um, but that is a hardy plant. They say once you've got it in the garden, you'll never get rid of it. It looks like a, oh, I don't know. I guess it sort of looks like a weird lettuce or something. Um, and it's tangy. It's got this oh, delicious tang to, to the leaf. Um, nasturtiums, which are those bright orange flowers that crawl everywhere. Um, you can eat the flower and eat the leaf. Um, fennel and um, a lot of herbs, actually. Oregano we've got, which are almost invasive. Um, you, they both will seed and go wild um, and... You just don't need to do a thing whenever... And I I'll, I quite like just a few little leaves of those in a salad. Um, so you can almost... Between that and foraging your dandelion and plantain or whatever in your lawn, um, you can actually almost get away with just you're running your household with easy leafy greens without actually doing anything. Um, and then, of course... Even I was able to grow some lettuces. It was like my first time trying to grow... Yes, lettuce. but... Do you have a lettuce right now? No. No, see, that's the thing. I'm, this is about, like, having it always there all year round. Like, lettuces True. are actually easy to grow if you, you know, that you don't bake them, I guess, in, in summer. Mm. Um, I don't want to discourage people, but if, you, if you're literally trying to avoid uh, supermarket greens, you've got to make sure you've always got to have stuff. Um, so you've just got to think about that succession planting with lettuces. Um, and then, of course, silverbeet and spinach are just ridiculous as well. They'll just produce and produce, like, forever. And um, crazy good for you. Yeah, crazy good for you. So there you go. That's the, uh, that's the lowdown on the, the perishables for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, plant and a tree. That could be a good one. Well, Wave, what, what say you about getting organic perishable stuff from, like, a traditional supermarket? What's your take on that? Because, I mean, that's another route to yeah, sort of fulfill I, I, the organic food bit. But I guess we're focusing on saving a bit of money, aren't we, in this Yeah, yeah, I guess that's, that's true. But good on you for mentioning that, actually, because in the price check I did this morning, I was um, quite surprised at how good some of those prices of organics were in the supermarket. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I bet it's um, area-dependent, too. Um, yeah. If it feels you like can... As a you trend, can. it's um, the price is coming down a little bit, and I imagine that's because of scale. More people yeah, are so demanding too. these products, so yep. they're able to yep. grow more at scale. Yeah, totally. Like the potatoes, for example. I just bought some organic potatoes this morning, and really price comparable. And it's just easier than doing a different shop somewhere else. Or, But I guess the, the key would then be, like, um, I'm not... If I'm not in the supermarket, then it actually becomes easier to do, you know, just pop down to the farmer's market instead. Mm. So it really depends where you're frequenting. But no, I think that that's great for the transitional habits as well. Um, and also great to support because um, I don't think we're going to, as a population, going to be out of the supermarket anytime soon. And so the more we can support the supermarkets with with providing organic food by buying it there, then um, the more people will have that opportunity to buy it, I think. So, yeah, that's cool. What else? You've got the dry goods, which are a huge part of 
um, what we buy. Oats, sugar, flour, rice, nuts, tea, coffee, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I there's, there's a, well, to, it's very similar to what I said at the start. You've got the um, organic little supermarkets that you can go to, which are fine price-wise, you know, they're not, they're um, amazing actually, I think, how they can keep their prices down. Um, you've also got the option in the supermarket and lo and behold, this morning I couldn't believe my eyes that about half of the time the organic option, which is, you know, right at the top where no one can see it or right at the bottom, was actually cheaper. It's actually cheaper per like 100 grams than the non-organic version. Do so you want to know something? Something what? about that shelf placement. Do you know companies pay more to be in certain yeah. locations oh, via uh, yeah, eye level yeah. and that sort yeah. of thing in the supermarkets? Yeah. Like yeah. that's something that they pay for. Yeah, it's a total stitch up. And uh, then, or, and, and even if they're not paying too, like um, the supermarkets will do will put at eye level what's most popular as well. And, mm. um, so it, that's one of my little tricks in the supermarket is to always look high or look low. But I couldn't <laughs> believe it to see these. Poor people, yeah, somehow managing to just bend over backwards and, you know, just deliver the most amazing stuff. And they're actually, in many cases, managing to do it cheaper just blew my mind. I was not expecting to see that, actually. Um, and so, anyway, that's one option. I'm not saying it's consistently cheaper. There were, there were you know, times when it was more expensive. Um and then another option is um, to get into a co-op, an organic co-op, and then the idea is that someone is buying on behalf of your group the actual wholesale price, which is typically about half of retail, um, and then you basically just buy your items at that same price. Um, and there's two ways I think that you can do that one is through like a basically a formal co-op which I've been part of um they're great um they're open once a month on a Saturday morning and um because you obviously need um labor like that's why retail's twice the price because someone has got has to go to the effort of making it accessible for you as a shopper. So um, the way they get around that in a co-op is by the, all of the people in the co-op providing their labour. And what that works out to be is about one hour, roughly, every three times I shop. Um, so that's one option. And then the so, other... And what is that labour doing? Oh, what, what are you um, physically doing? You, you, there's three tasks. Um, one is you might be involved with um, setting up. So there's these big drums like 50 litre drums with say rice in them or whatever and they're all in a storage unit so you have to roll them out um, and arrange things ready for the shoppers Um, that's one task another task is during the shop when people come you are you've got a little spreadsheet and a calculator and you're just recording what you're you know you're essentially the, the shopkeeper um, and looking after the money and that sort of stuff. And then the third task is the pack down at the end and clean up. Easy. Mm, yeah. Um, and fun, again, if yeah. you're wanting to meet people. Um, and then... Uh, that should uh, be overlooked as well. 
don't know, I just feel like I'm reading a lot online about the sort of loneliness epidemic and how isolated we all are at the moment. Like these yeah. things, it's like what you said at the start about the win-win-win thing. You really yeah, yeah. meet win, some, win, new, win. some people, meet some friends, mm. meet mm. a future spouse, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're not sure if you've got one in your area, same thing. Try Facebooking it or Googling it um, or community noticing, notice boarding, um, just checking to see if there's a little sign up there. Um, anyway, the other option is what I'm doing now in Matakana, and it's um, just a friend has an account um, because there's not really a threshold for this. You don't have to pretend to be a wholesaler to get a wholesaler account. You just have to, when you shop, spend over a certain amount. Right. Um, that's it. So um, when we shop together, even when I shop by myself, I'm probably over that threshold because, um, oh, this is, the, this is the golden kind of realisation, I guess, that took me from all of the stuff being more awkward to actually going, oh, my gosh, life is easier now. And that was the realisation that there is absolutely no reason why you can't buy, like, five months' worth of oats or rice or whatever. Like, you just do not need to be doing this all the time. So, like, Mm. I've just done one. Actually, it just arrived a couple of days ago, and it was about 300 bucks, I think. And um, the last one I did was um, late November, early December. So, oh, and what are we in now? April, right? So that's about four months. Um, And that is going to last me for another four months. Um, And it's like... All of the pasta we're going to eat, all of the rice, or even nuts, um, chocolate. <laughs> um, you've got to be careful with that stuff. It tends to go in the first <laughs> half. <laughs> um, but it's like actually really good value for money. And the other thing, I, I just sense what people are thinking in the back of their mind is, well, that's all, all right for her, but I don't have the space. Um, so when Matthew and I lived in an apartment in Auckland, downtown Auckland. Um, we're on the 33rd story. The apartment was just over 30 metres big. Wow. And we did it. We did it there. It was fine. We I just, I did, yeah. My bro- that's how my brother got through his um, degree. I remember going around to his flat in Wellington, which was tiny, and he used to work at Moore Wilson, which is the like wholesaler. Um, food place for all the hospo places and because he worked there he knew all the good deals and he would buy like 15 <laughs> kilograms of pasta at once yeah yeah that's how he fed yeah. himself through his yeah. university years is yeah, just take yeah. a scoop out at a time i know i know well that's basically you save so much money buying you it's phenomenal food. actually um i do i do have a couple of price comparisons um should i read them out oh i'd love that yeah yeah okay so um with you can get um, like nuts, for example. At this is just from Countdown this morning, and I, I what I bought um, from Series Organic was basically a nut combo of Brazil nuts and almonds and cashews and that sort of thing. Um, and so the equivalent at Countdown, sort of depending on whether you bought it at the bulk bin or whether you bought it in a little packet. Um, and this is all in um, one hundred grams. Okay, mm-hmm. so the the unit is consistent um it was four dollars to four dollars fifty 
um, per 100 grams at countdown for non-organic. Okay. The organic uh, through series wholesale account was 44 cents. What? (laughs) Seriously? Yeah, serious. Serious. Holy smokes. It's like you just... You know, like what again? Going back to what I so said, it's like, like why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? It's just habit. And, yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Wow, it's so cool. They're not. I'll, I'll do. I'm just to be like super honest. I'll do yeah. one that is around the other way. And I was again, I was surprised. I was like, oh, it's a bit disappointing. I thought it would be cheaper than that. So oats, um, non-organic at countdown is uh, 54 cents um, for 100 grams. Organic through the um, wholesaler. wholesale account is $2.32. Okay, so about four ish times. Yeah, so that's yeah. an example where it's, it's, it's you know, doesn't but what work this out is- so well kind of demonstrating to me is if you start shifting as much stuff as you can into this method it sort of it probably comes out in the wash you know to be at least comparable yes and actually that's that's exactly what I think I actually think that because I'm really happy to take the the um the wins and the losses together and for it to Mm. average out um and rather than you know only doing the ones that work out cheaper and I think just to know that like you say, it all comes out in the wash and you're now eating organically and it's about the same price. Yeah. 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 Um, I did a price comparison on chocolate, which was pretty comparable, but the organic still came out a bit more expensive, but not, but that's fair trade and organic. Like that's actually amazing. Even so if it's, valuable, you know, if it's within a stone's throw of, of non fair trade, non organic mm. chocolate mm. prices, mm. like that's a huge mm. win. Mm. 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 Um, yeah, biggish stone throw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we know that we've the, done the supermarket. There's a supermarket um, brand um, that was pretty. So, like two dollars, two twelve for Whitaker's non-organic countdown, and four dollars and twenty-two cents also a countdown for the organic. So that's. I don't think that's too bad, given that's a luxury item. Um, yeah, and coffee considering was another really interesting one. Oh, sorry. You considering say? that you're chopping out like child labour markets and things like yeah, that I in the think process, that's you know, worth come on. Something. <laughs> um, so, coffee. Oh my gosh, this was another one. This was a really cool one. Um, so, I just picked a brand, um, Jed's Coffee, because that was actually because it was right in the middle, staring at me and jumped out, and I thought, oh, that must be. A popular, non-organic, pretty standard one. Um, so that's three fifty for a hundred grams. And then, to my surprise, when I looked up high, um, there's Macro Organics, which is a pretty popular organic um, label, and also Hummingbird. Um, Hummingbird was three sixty, so ten cents more than Jets, which I thought was really good. Um, but Macro is three twenty five. It's actually cheaper. It's fair trade organic. I buy so much stuff from Macro, and I don't quite understand how they get their prices so low. But I guess they're they're producing huge volumes of the stuff that they make. Uh, Yes. They they seem like a good brand price-wise. Yeah, it was Macro again and again um, when I was at Countdown um, that was almost more often than not cheaper than the 
non-organic comparable, which really surprised me. And then, so the coffee that I can buy from the um, wholesale account at Ceres was $3.13, which is the cheapest option out of everything, but not by much. So you can you can get that um, in-store macro um, yeah, cheaper so than the It's almost exactly the same price. It's, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, so amazing. Um, oh, herbal teas, just to jump out of this whole thing around supermarkets and wholesale accounts, is um, very similar to the foraging. I've totally stopped buying anything to do with herbal teas, and I just go outside and I pick a few leaves. And there's cool. just—it's very cool, and it's—it's it's, again, it's just a zero faff, easier than. And what do you put them inside, like a diffuser ball, or what do you? Um. So the three that I've just got here to mention, that are just so easy, are lemongrass. It's it grows like pampas. It's a bit cutty, and it's getting bigger and bigger. I've had it for two years now, and it's it's. Like, there's just no end to the lemongrass. Um, great for cooking too, of course. And mint, of course, it's just exactly the same. Needs it a bit damp um, and it will just go wild. Um, and kawakawa, which if you don't have a kawakawa tree and you live, you know, out of the frost zone or you don't get many frosts, then definitely get one. Man, they're the best. Yeah, Um so, yeah, I think that, and, and to answer your question about how I drink it, um, it doesn't have to be dried. Um, you can just go and pick it and throw it straight into a cup. If you don't rip it up, then um, there's no need to have a diffuser or anything because you can just pick it out Fish with your fingers or, or just even drink it. It doesn't seem to um, one, bother One me. tiny thing that I learned with mint is that it's good to, um, you sort of activate it by crushing it. So it might oh. be good just if you use the flat edge of a knife and just yes, kind of bang on yes. it. Yes, that's true with all of these, actually. Mm. Just I just roll them in my hand um, yeah, cool. briefly. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Um, just a little shout-out to the meat eaters out there. Um, we've got uh, Bostocks is the organic chicken brand. Um, Ubi, again, do a good range of organic meat um, that you can get with their box delivery scheme. Um, eggs, you can get at supermarket or... But actually, this might be pushing us all a bit too far, but even in an, like you, Tim, even in, even in an urban context, a lot of people could have a couple of chickens. They're really... I've done it before, and, and it's, um, yeah, it's really not... You don't need a lot to do it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting a chicken coop when I've got a little bit more time on my hands. Mm. I really want to mm. get some chickens. Mm. Mm. Because it, I feel like I could go at least completely vegetarian, if not vegan, just to, if I could if I could supplement it with eggs because mm. that just tops up so many things. And mm. if I could control that I know yeah. how the eggs are coming to me, then yeah. I, I reckon I'd feel better about it. Yeah, yeah. And we... Um, in terms of do you need to know anything about animal health before you have a chicken, um, I don't know how sound this is as general advice, but Matthew and I didn't know anything about chickens. <laughs> and um, we were in Christchurch and just had 
no problems whatsoever. And it's I think it's the climate. Like same with the dog, no fleas, um, no ants. You know, it's it's like if you're living somewhere where there's it's not quite as muggy and tropical as it is up around Auckland, then you can actually. I think you can get away with it. Like, you sure, take them to the vet if, if um, you can't. But Just get, wait, give ours it a, were fine. Give it a YouTube, folks. There's so many people for free telling you in, like, 10 minutes everything you need to know about yeah, yeah, anything. We, so just yeah. YouTube, how to raise a chicken. <laughs> yeah. We've, um, we have had to be more careful up here now, um, and we've had chickens develop mites and stuff. So, yeah, we've had mm. to Google that stuff. So, but um, What did you do, actually, when the chickens got mites? Um, diachromaceous earth, um, you sprinkle it um, in certain spots like under their wings and stuff and they really, it's like, well, why did they get it in the first place and um, we needed to be provided, changing the, it was basically because one of the blooming hens got clucky and spent all day crapping and living in the nesting box um, and so, and it went on for a bit and that was really what the problem was, it just wasn't hygienic. So we sorted out the clucky chicken got nice new bedding in and then the big thing that they need is access to um a dry dust bath because then they can just um that's why you see sparrows and stuff yeah, on the, yeah, yeah. Their little dust baths it's to get rid of their mites oh wow mystery yeah. solved yeah Thanks, little I've been wondering yeah. about that for 30 years <laughs> <laughs> what they were doing um yeah, and then again, this is the, the another hippie option, um, which I do think is our ultimate destination when we're all ready <laughs> with our headspace. Is um, so for us, you know, anyone on a farm, um, we we the eggs and meat is just so easy. We've even got our own chicken meat, you know, um, and. What we need, especially for us as basically hobby farmers, we're not earning money off this, so we can't get, we can't just pay people to, as like a regular farmer would to do tasks. Um, so what we really need is labour, free labour, um, which is why we have the woofers and volunteer days and stuff like that. Um, and again, I think it's a win-win if if the more we can connect the city and the country and you know, if people in the city need um, meat and eggs and that kind of stuff, and if they, if people on farms are, are happy to give away that stuff because, of course, it can't, it's illegal to sell it, um, then you just work out how you can say thanks, basically. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I really like that. What a great um, slightly more zoomed-out meta note to end on. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So just to recap, Wave, what have we talked about? Foraging was the first thing. Yeah. Getting with the kind of plants that are around you already that you can just, just grab. Yeah, yeah. Um, the wholesale account. Bulk buying. Yeah. Oh, you can, that's also, people doing co-ops. That's, that's true for, yeah, and co-ops. Um, that's true for EcoStore as well. I've got a wholesale um, EcoStore account. EcoStore, by the way, is, is often... Cheap, like the shampoo, for example, is cheaper than um, the regular nasty kill the planet ones. Um, oh, shouldn't say that sort of thing, but anyway, um, you it's, can. It's, it's fine. <laughs> can here. <laughs> um, it's cheaper, um, and then their wholesale is just ridiculously cheaper. And the the products are usually 
a little bit more concentrated. So for gram for gram, you're, you're getting more bang for buck anyway. Yeah, um, awesome. There's just no reason for people not to be buying eco store um, or, you know, equivalent. Um, it's just, it's convenient. It's in the supermarkets. It's cheaper. Um, it performs better. Like they've won awards and stuff for performance. Um, yeah, so shout out to those guys. What else did we say? Oh, farmers markets. Go and learn about, oh, yeah, you said about the foraging. Um, yeah. Oh, community gardens, crop swaps. Um, bit of gardening, bit of gardening thrown in there. Fantastic. I yeah. feel pretty pretty armed. Good. I think this is one I will be checking in on you, Tim. Fair enough. I'm, I've transitioned a bunch of stuff to organic, um, as is anyway. And actually, as I was telling Wave just before we started recording, I've um, accidentally got this uh, vociferously <laughs> growing zucchini plant, which just cropped out of a little patch that I thought I was preparing for a flower bed. But um, obviously a, a courgette we just put in the compost and then a seed has... Um, gone for gold and the like every single day because it's at the moment in Auckland very very hot and then there's a big and downpour wet. it's just yeah. growing like crazy every day oh do you know you can eat those flowers they're really nice oh I didn't know that okay sweet yeah. I'll eat one of those yeah yeah, man. yeah especially if it's not gonna um produce yeah I'm not sure time. Well, Give, but, um, eat, eat the flowers they're actually really good you can even fry them because they're quite big yay cool it's um it's a happy world out there. My energy levels have gone up as I've been getting older, and I don't know what that's attributable to, but, you know, the, I have The, the more I'm reading and seeing about the importance of gut health and the microbial makeup inside mm. our mm. gastrointestinal tract, the more I'm like, oh, man, organics is such a part of that picture, just to try and get rid of all those killy things, yeah. <laughs> fungicides, <laughs> pesticides, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a lot yeah. of good reasons. Great. Thank you very much, Wave. That's a pleasure, yeah. Um, share this episode with anyone who you think could benefit from it. It helps us heaps. And we will catch you in the next How to Save the World. Happy day.